0: We always make a declaration before we get into the word. Would you stand and let's declare Galatians chapter two and verse twenty? It says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me." Amen. God bless you as you as you uh, head into your seat. Uh, would you then turn with me to the Gospel of Saint Mark? The Gospel of St. Mark, chapter number four. Mark chapter four, there's uh, several verses there, verses 35 through 40, uh, will give us context today. And I do believe the Lord wants to speak to our heart and encourage us today, amen? amen? Would you suggest with all of the news that you've seen and heard for the week, you need to be encouraged today. And I, tell you, I promise you that uh, being encouraged in the Lord, uh, and the word says, uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord. One of the things that we found about, we see about David, one of the psalms he wrote, Psalm 34, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, because he learned how in difficult times to seek God's encouragement, and to be encouraged by what God has already done. So I hope today to inspire you today and encourage you, but I also hope to inspire your faith today. Because in times where we find there's so many things, so many reports that come that seem to not give us much of an option for hope, that we can still trust that our God is still able. And here's what I want to start by letting you understand, helping you to understand. That, that faith does not make sense. And sense ain't gonna make faith. Because it doesn't make sense for us to be here today. When the government has told us to stay in in, in, in social distance, it doesn't make sense. But the truth of the matter is, faith will never make sense. And certainly we're not being reckless or careless. We're not running around touching things and trying to pretend that there is no problem going on. But we're simply (coughs) taking the proper precautions, sanitizing and washing our hands. We're, we're elbow bumping instead of hugging and, and rubbing. We, we're doing all the things that we, we, we know we can do, while at the same time doing what we need to do. Here's what I would admonish you today to keep in mind, uh, because you, we cannot trust the government's going to suggest that our gathering is necessary. Here's what we find in the news today, that it says only essential gatherings should happen. And here's what I would, 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 would cost you to, to, to not forget that for the born-again believer, coming to worship is essential. <laughs> it is an essential part of who we are. Because is entering to his gates with thanksgiving. It's before, not, not, to, not forsaking the similar of ourselves together. So the truth of the matter is we still have to be cognizant of the problem and, and be, 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 be mindful of the, of the realities, but we still must keep in mind or bear in mind that it is still necessary for us to be encouraged in the Lord. And one way God does that, he can do it in all kind of ways, but one way he does that is he does that as we gather and we see the believers and we can lift our voices together and then, then one accord and say, our God is still able. And here's what I what the Lord said, that when two or three gatherings name, I'll be in the midst, so he comes to be in the midst of his people. So we thank God for an opportunity to still gather. We thank God as we still gather. Uh, I was, it was interesting because I was talking to a pastor friend uh, in one of the other states, and he said it was interesting because in their particular state, uh, and I know some of these things have changed. It was earlier in the week, and, but I, so I want to point this out because it was funny to me. Uh, he said that that, that they, they said that, uh, that that all of the major gatherings needed to uh, cease and not happen, and, and thankfully they said with well, churches can still gather. Uh, it was 250 people or so, uh, but it said, but also the casinos can stay open. <laughs> so I guess the corona don't walk up and, uh where you lose your money, you can't get it in there. I mean, hey, keep the casino closed. But I know that that's changed because Nevada has now put uh, restrictions on these people. I think many of the casinos have shut down in Nevada. But I thought it was funny that earlier on the plan was, hey, let's keep their keep the money. We got to keep taking the money. Amen. Praise God. But here in Mark, I want to share you with you this. I just want to share that as we get started. Here in Mark chapter 4, uh, verse uh, 35 is our beginning. It says, On the same day when it was evening, he, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was uh, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already really filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I want to encourage you with this word today, and we'll title the message this morning uh, "Where, When Jesus Is On Board." When Jesus is on board. So, since we're not doing much touching, don't touch nobody. Just look at look at the name, what he says. Matthew says in verse twenty-five. He said, "Then the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us.'" So, 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 Mark says they came and said, "Lord, Mark, don't you care?" But they, but they but but Matthew records that they came and said, No, uh save us first. But he said to them, Why are you uh, fearful? He said, so so Mark says that why are you so fearful? Uh, Matthew simply says, Why are you fearful? But he says something different, he says, Oh you a uh, little faith. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the sea. And there was a great calm. And then here's how, how Luke records it. Luke says that uh, then they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they, and they both ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? So, so we find, oh, little faith, and then we find, oh, but where is your faith? Because here's the reality. In a time of anxiety and, and anxious and so much going on, the question we're going to have to come to at some point through this process, however it takes, how long it takes for this thing to play out, we're going to have to come to a point where we have to find our faith. Yeah. 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 Right. Where is my faith? Where is it? And when I feel overwhelmed and I feel anxious and, and I feel like all hell is broken loose and everything is coming apart, I have to come back and say, where is my faith. Jesus admonished him. Where is your faith? Because here's the thing, as born again believers one of the things you're going to have to do is you've got to remind yourself of the title. This title is when Jesus is on board and you have to remind yourself that as a born again believer you have Jesus on board. When the care and things are going haywire, and all is all, all is breaking loose. You've got to be reminded I got Jesus on board. How do I come to that conclusion? Because here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this in John chapter fourteen, verse sixteen and seventeen. He said, "Listen. He says, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper. See, the thing is, in a time of trouble, we need help. And would you advise or would you agree today that in this in this day, day and age, we need some help?" We've got the coronavirus everywhere and the numbers are going up and they're continuing to tell us how many the clock is ticking on the number of people uh, that have it and yet there seems to be not much help. But Jesus promised us that he was going to give us a helper. That he may abide with you. Watch it now. And then he went on to verse 17. He says, and the the spirit of truth, he said, I will make sure you understand who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit is going to be your helper. He's going to bow to said: And who through the world cannot see or receive because it doesn't know him. See, when, 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 when the world is, is being swayed to and fro by every report we have a helper inside that is supposed to anchor us. Anchor us. On Sunday after, after we left church, we were, we were, uh, the children's spring break started on Monday, so we were going to go over to Ohio and spend a couple of days, and we had a whole plan of going, and so we left, we came, uh, we left uh, from the, the, the dinner, and then we got in the car, and we were driving over, and, and so uh, when we got there, we got to the hotel, and got checked in, and so our first, uh, we first uh, realized that things were changing fast. Because I got there, we'd already checked in online, and so we knew our room was on on, on the fifth floor. And so the the, the guy said, "Well, no, you, it, we have to change the room to the second floor." I said, "Well, no, I've already checked into my room. I, I got a room." He said, well, "No, no, no. We can't. We, we have a restriction from management that you that we can only put people on the first and second floor." I said, "Oh, uh, 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 okay." So we get in the room, and so we, we said the two of so them said they're hungry. So we went in and put the bags in, and we carried it out. And as we're coming out, the guy the guy said, "Well, you know, um, the governor just 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 uh, issued an order uh, that, that that said that all restaurants must close, except for takeout. And if they can't do takeout, then they must just close." I said, oh man! No. So. We went into Walmart. It was open, and people were kind of going. I said, "Okay, well, we get a few things, take back to the room." So then we started thinking, well, "What are we gonna do?" Because you know we, we're in a foreign land, mm-hmm. and we don't know what can we do. What you know, and to come to find out, there was nothing to do. So we're just sitting in the room, we're just sitting there waiting, and, and so then we started to look at the news and say, oh man, what's happening? Things, things are changing that fast. Just, just in this hour and a half drive, it seemed like it's not the same. And immediately because we felt trapped in that room, fear began running in. and what is all happening? How is this all going to play out? Yeah. Then the Holy Spirit says, Lord, why? Even until the end of the world. And then I was reminded of what Jesus said, the spirit of truth. The truth is that that, 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 that God is still my keeper. In spite of feeling trapped and not knowing what to do, we almost felt like we were in prison, but we said, wait a minute, who the Son has set free is free me, so we have to trust you even in the midst of what's happening. <clears throat> Verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But watch this. But, he, but you know Him. Yeah. Yeah. You know the Holy Spirit. You know what He's done. You know how He's comforted you. You know how He's blessed you. How He's kept you all this time. You already know Him. And watch this. For He dwells with you, but He will also be so. We have Jesus on board yeah. because we have the Holy Spirit in us. So watch this now. The disciples, they found themselves in the midst of all this turmoil, and look how they responded. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "Peace, be still." They had Jesus on board, but they were panicking. Yeah. Jesus was right there, and yet they were panicking. Now, this is not an advantage against having fear because ultimately, God is the one who made you. That's right. I want you to understand this. The, the, the problem is not fear. It's when fear grips us and controls us. Yeah. Because watch this. Uh, God created us and he gave us an emotion called fear. Right. When he designed mankind, he gave him fear. So it's not that fear shouldn't exist, the key was, in this situation, the fear that they had caused them to lose all sight of what they had on board. Because the same Jesus who stepped out and spoke to the, the wind and the sea was the same Jesus who made the wind and the sea. Because the Bible says in the beginning God created heaven and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning, get with God, and nothing was made without Him. Mm-hmm. And through Him, all things were made. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jesus was there in the beginning when the wind was made. Yeah. Jesus was in the beginning when, when the sea was made. Yeah. When, when the sea had, had the, 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 the sign of reel and rocking and, and waves coming, God said that he, when God spoke it in existence, He created all of this. Yeah. And the same one who created all of that was on board. Suddenly, Minister Eric told us, uh, our guest figure said, listen, listen. He said, listen, when you find yourself getting off course, make yourself this video. And he says, refocus. See, when all of this is going on, yes, we must be less be watchful because the Bible tells us to be as harmless as doves. But we got to be. And, 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 and we have, we have wisdom, amen? amen. So we don't go out and, 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 and make problems, but we all we got to be shrewd in what we do, amen? amen. But look at this now. So he says, remind ourselves to be focused, to come back into focus. I want to share something with you because, see, in the midst of this, we see the power of God being manifested. But look what Psalm one hundred tells us. Yeah. Psalm 100, verse 3, it says, look, you got to know that the Lord, He is God. Wait a minute. In the midst of what's happening, you got to remind yourself that God is still God. Amen. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Watch it now. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. Here it is. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture wait a minute, we belong to God and we're in his flock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the good shepherd said i make my life down for the sheep. Oh, yeah. So wait a minute. If we're being his people and his sheep, every flock of sheep has to have a shepherd. Yeah. And here's what David said, if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. But well, who is it? No. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. So here's what he said. He said being reminded of your power and your ability, it comforts me. In the midst of all that's going on, I find my comfort in the fact that my God is still God and he still has all power. Thank you Jesus because here's the reality any good shepherd keeps watch over the sheep and our good shepherd is a good keeper see the good shepherd keeps here's what what he says he never sleeps nor slumbers meaning that no matter when trouble comes he's always alert to watching over the sheep but watch this look at this Psalm 121 verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. See, the good shepherd is a good keeper because he is a good keeper not because he just has a good name. He's a good keeper because he has a good reputation. His reputation of keeping causes him to be called keeper. A keeper is one who Keeps. If, 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 if you don't know who they are, they said. well, who is the one keeping this? If you walked up and said, uh, you didn't know who the groundskeeper were, and uh, you said that the law looks so good, who is the one that is the groundskeeper? The thing is, because he would be called the groundskeeper because he is the one that is keeping the grounds. So the reality is that the Lord is your keeper because he is the one who is keeping you. And because he has kept you. And has never left you. He will keep you and will never leave you. Earlier on in that Psalm 121, here's how, how, how the song begins. It said, Listen, I will lift up my eyes where? To the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. See, let me admonish you that our help is going to come from the Lord. We're going to have to trust God no matter what. Because here's what the report, the latest report regarding the vaccine. For this coronavirus, Look, they're telling us that the earliest they can have a vaccine out and available is 18 months. 18 months. That's one year and six months. That's the earliest to have a vaccine that they can make available to the public. So who's going to keep us? For 18 months? Who's keeping us right now? Because the truth of the matter is, it has not been pinpointed exactly how this thing is spreading so quickly. But the truth of the matter is, the Lord is our keeper. And our help is going to come more. We're looking to the government to try to figure out something, but when it's all said and done, the governments have have not figured out all over the world how to fix it. The one who we must look to is the Lord our God. Yeah. Why? Because the word says, the Lord is thy healer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's what the word also says, because here's what's happening. The word in the time of me is what we need. Yeah. 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 Let me say that again. The word of God in the time of me is what we need. Because here's what Psalm 107 says. He sent his word and he healed me. So God always gives us a word in the time of despair. We need a word from you, Lord, in a time of despair. But later on in that Psalm 121, we'll stay there. Look at verse number 7 and 8. It says, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. Watch now, here's the key because I told you that you still, we still got to go to the grocery store. We still have to go and stand in line with strangers. We still have to have to go ahead and pick up the necessities that we need. We still have to go to work for some of us. We're still going into places and spaces where we don't know where people are coming from, but the reality is this, the Lord shall preserve your going out yeah, yes, sir. and your coming in yeah. and look what he said, from this time forth and even forevermore, he's going to bless your going out and your coming in. Yeah. I don't know who not to touch Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what knob not to, hit, to, to touch Jesus. Yeah. I don't know if somebody's sneezing over there in the problem. I, I don't know if that car over there was the end. I don't know if somebody's sneezing in this space before I walked into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got to trust you to preserve me from all evil. Yeah. And preserve by going out and my coming in. Yeah. Because yeah. the truth of the matter, i got to trust you to keep me, Jesus. Because I don't know who sat in this seat. Yeah, they won't with more than ten people in the doctor's office. But one of the last ten could have been the last one that sleep on this chair. Yeah. So I've got to trust you to keep me, Jesus. Preserve my going out and my coming in. From this time forth. And forevermore. But here's the reality: fear is a natural part of our existence. But in times like this, a our, our, our greater problem is not fear, the natural instinct of fear, but gripping fear. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of fear that, that overwhelms. Yeah. See, this was the kind of fear that we see in the text. When we look in this text, we see that there was a gripping fear. And here's the thing, gripping fear can cause you to act or respond irrationally. Look at this. Go back to Mark chapter 4, verse 38. 38 is what I want to hone in on. Look what it said. It said, But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him up, and here's what was irrational about it. They said, Teacher, do you not care? Yeah. Wait a minute. Jesus spent three and a half years, he spent three and a half proving to them that he cared. Yeah. And in the time of despair, because gripping fear ran in, they said, do you, you don't even care, Jesus. here? Have you prayed, God, what are you, where are you at? Where are you at, God? I mean, all these people are dying and all this stuff is going on. And where are you, God? Has gripping fear grabbed you to the point where it's shaking you? and shaking you out of sorts to the point where you're saying, you're asking God, challenging, whether he even cares? Because I said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing. And this is peculiar because everything he was doing was about saving them. And now they found themselves in a situation where it seemed like they are going to perish and they said, you don't even care we're perishing. But notice why they felt that way. Because Jesus was still calm. They felt because he wasn't in a panic that he didn't care about their situation because of gripping fear. Here's a note that I want you to write down. Gripping fear creates a scenario like this where your faith will dominate, your fear will dominate your faith. See, in this scene, we see that their fear is dominating their faith. They're like, you don't care. We're perishing and you're down there sleeping. But his calm should have reminded them of his power. Because going back, he said, "Look," he said, and they, they they woke up and said to him, "Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Look. Do you not care, Jesus, that this virus seems to be everywhere? Do you not care, Jesus, that we're that I'm off work?" And if I can't go to work, I can't make money. If I can't make money, I can't earn earn my living, then how will I pay my bills? Yeah, see the thing is is that we've got to recognize that many people are 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 okay to the to an extent because they got two weeks off. But the truth of the matter is beyond two weeks. Yes, sir. Beyond. Two weeks. What happens when it's a month because no vaccine is in 18 months? Yeah. So you don't care, Jesus. And all this is happening. We were walking out the Walmart and the lady, she came up to us. She was a waitress and she had just been sent home. Still had her apron on, and she just started talking to us. We were, we were actually trying to get in the car. She just started talking to us, and she just started saying to us how she didn't know what she was going to do because she worked as a waitress and she used she needed to need to work. She even though the restaurant was going to stay open, but she couldn't make money without making without uh, working tables. Got her tips. And as we were praying, and as, as, as I was sitting there praying with, I, I, she told us, it, I said, we don't know, you know, things are, things are changing quickly. And so as I was standing, I started praying. And I felt the Lord told me to, to reach in my pocket and give her a few dollars. And here's what I told her. I said, "I said, when you first walked up and talked to us, I just began praying and asking, God, was I supposed to help you? Yeah. And I said, I believe, I said, it's not a whole lot because I don't have a whole lot to give. It's just, it's just, just a few dollars. I said, but I want you to take, this? no, you don't have to do that. I said, no, no, no. I began praying when you walked up. And I believe the Lord told me to bless you with this. So I have to give it to you. She took it and she was just so grateful. She said, God bless you guys. I said, you don't know us, but we're doing this, so so don't feel like you owe want anything. We just want to bless you with this. And she said, thank you, and God bless you too. Why? Because in the midst of things like this, the world is wondering where God is. And here's the thing we as the believers cannot be wondering where He is, too. We gotta to know the Lord is our keeper. Yeah. The church can't be wondering where God is. We gotta know where He is. He's in the house, He's in the temple, He's wearing people's way. So God didn't change because of the coronavirus rose up. But in despair, we might ask the question, "Where is He?" Look what Jesus said. No, where is your faith? You're asking me where I am, but I'm asking you, "Where is your confidence in me?" Because yeah, uh, the rest of the folks on this ship didn't know that that, that, that I'm down here uh, uh, sleeping, but y'all knew I was down here.
1: So why are you panicking like that?
0: Panicking. Where is your faith? Should we be responsible by, by all means? I got sanitizer in the car. I, I receive some money from somebody. I sanitize my hand in the car. <laughs> go through the drive-through, the bell. I'm sanitized. I go into the store. I pick up things, an item. I sanitize. and Get back in the car. I sanitize when I go in. Why? Because I'm being responsible. Because I always to one of the things, I hate to be sick. I just can't stand it. I, I can't stand not feeling good. What's wrong with you? I don't know I don't feel good. So I don't want to be sick. So I'm being responsible. I don't want to make my children sick. I want to make my wife sick. So I'm being responsible. But I'm doing what I'm doing by faith. Here's what I mean. I know that just doing this little bit of sanitizing things cannot keep it from happening. But what I'm doing, I'm doing believing that it will be enough because God's going to make up the difference. I'm not running up hugging somebody at the Walmart. Hey, (laughs) hey. But my confidence in not keeping my distance. My confidence in my God keeping me. Yeah. Yeah. Here's this one question now. A reassurance of God's love for us, it should push out gripping fear. See, the reality is faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So I've got to be reminded of God's ability in my life. Watch this now. When fear grips me, I got to remind myself of God's love for me. And that helps push out the gripping fear. Well, I still have fear and feel, feel anxious about some of these things. These things by all me because it's a natural experience of the human uh, journey. But when it, but it's all said and done, I will be reminded that, that my God loves me. And it will push out fear. I have scriptures for that. First first John chapter 4, verse 18. You don't have to turn it. just look here here at the screen. Look what it says. It says, There there is no fear in love. Watch this now. But perfect love casts out fear. Who who has shown us perfect love? Jesus is the only one that has shown us perfect love. So that perfect love, he said, it runs fear out. When I remind myself of God's love for me it helps to push out the gripping fear that has gripped me Thank you. Thank you. because look what he says he says love has to push out fear because fear involves torment That's right. i can't sleep at night after i've watched eight hours of the news about the corona I can't even drive without being nervous because I've been watching all this. About I've got to understand. I got to spend more time reminding myself God loves me yeah, yeah. because He loves me, He will keep me yeah, yeah. because He keeps me, I'm kept yeah. because He's kept me. I would presume that He's going to continue to keep me yeah, yeah. even now. But he who fears has not made perfect in love. He says because. When the fear is still gripping me, I'm not allowing the perfect love of God to surround my heart. See, I can't, I can't love God like he loved me. So the perfect love he has for me is what i got to rely on even if I love me. He perfects his love in my life by showing me what perfect love looks like. So it says perfect love, it casts out fear. And the only perfect love in the earth is Jesus' love. I'm almost done. Watch this now. Uh, look at verse, uh, Mark 11 and 22. Look what it says. It says, And Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. We've got to make sure that we don't lose track of who, whose we are and who's the one keeping us. The song right, it said, who holds the rain? So I got to remind myself of who's holding the rain. Amen? Look at this next one. See, I got to have faith in God because watch this. Storms don't stir Jesus. Hmm. Storms don't stir Jesus. See, just because a storm is raging in my life, it doesn't mean that Jesus is raging with me. Because we'll look, let's look back at the text. let look back at the text. In, in verse number uh, 37, 38, and, the, and the great, a great windstorm arose and the waves were beating the boat. So the water was actually filling into the boat. But the wind is raging. The, the, the storm, the waves are, are, are beating up on the boat and Jesus, is in the stern, sleep, I want you to see something. Uh, The stern is the back of the boat. Here's what happens. Uh, One of the things you don't know about me uh, is I love to cruise. And when you're cruising, one of the most prime places on the ship is in the middle. Because if you're in the front or in the rear, that's where you feel the most impact if it happens to be a wave that the the ship is encountering. Wait a minute, so they ask Jesus the question, don't you know that the wind is blowing, Jesus? He was sleeping in the back of the boat where he would have felt every one of the winds and the, all the wind and the waves, but yet he was still sleeping because the storm didn't stir him. It stirred them, but it didn't stir him. Look at Matthew says. He said, but he was asleep. Matthew said, all this was going on a great tempest arose." On the sea. And the boat was covered with water. He said, wait a minute, these waves were so high, it was smashing them over the boat. And he said, But Jesus is in the bottom sleep. And I tell you this this now because there's one great scene that we that, 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 that we find where Jesus keeps us cool in this storm. Uh, uh remember, remember Lazarus? Remember his two sisters? They said to them, hey, Go tell Jesus that the one he loves is, is sick. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 33 and 4 says, Therefore the sisters sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick, sick rather. And here's what Jesus did. Because they were in a panic thing, he's sick, he's getting ready to die. And apparently, whatever his condition was, it was dire to the point they believed he was going to be dying soon. And they sent word to Jesus. And look what Jesus said. They didn't mention death. They just said sickness. But Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He said, this sickness is not unto death. But look what he says. But that the glory of God, that the Son may be glorified through it. He said, this sickness is only happening so that God can get glory out of it. So, if we look at this carefully, Jesus steps out onto the, onto the deck and says, Peace be still. And the men that were watching said, What kind of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Because when God does something, he does it that he might be glorified in all things. See, we've got to understand that even in the midst of all this happening, we have to know that God still wants to be glorified. Amen. God is still wanting to be glorified. Here's what Peter says in first. Uh, look what John uh, 11, 4 says. He says this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. He said, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that, that, that God allowed Lazarus to get sick? That he might glorify God? Yes. That the people might see that Jesus had the power to raise a man from the dead, but look at this. I know you must say, "Well, pastor, are you saying that God is making the coronavirus spread?" By, 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 by no means am I saying that. But what I am saying is that, that in the life of the believer, the Bible says all things are working together for good to them that love God, who are called according to His purpose. So we have to be mindful that no matter what is happening, God still want to get glory out of it and bring glory to it. So look what Peter says, 1 Peter chapter 4 and 11. He said, listen, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. Watch this now, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Peter said, for us as believers, Everything we do, it should be intended to bring glory and honor to God in some way that he might be glorified. Because it said, to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1 and 12, I'm almost telling Look what it says. It says, that the name of the Lord our Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. And you and him according to the grace of our, our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Listen, God wants to glorify Himself through us. So how we go through this will be critical to our giving God his due. Yes. Because when it's all said and done, we must then settle on the fact that the Lord is our way maker. I told you that the they're projecting that 18 months is a target for having a vaccine. Right now we're entering to the spring. That would mean we'd have to go through the final, the last part of this year, and most of next year before the first vaccine will be available just to take it to prevent, to help to try and prevent it. So when we look at that it says that wait a minute, is there a way for, for us to make it until then? Well, because 18 months is a long time. Can we be on all, all out shutdown for 18 months? Can we afford to be off our job for 18 months? Can we afford to not be able to engage one another, even in terms of worshiping? Can we not worship together for 18 months? And it seems like there is no way for this to work for all of us. But as believers, we must be reminded that the Lord is our waymate. Look at this. I know I've been excited the whole time. I'm, so, I'm trying my best to get this to you because I feel like I want to encourage you. Those that are at our home, those that are here, I want to encourage you to hold to your confidence in God. We cannot shift our focus and our confidence on the government, on the CDC, on the the drug makers. Because when it comes, yes, we're going to trust God to help us through them. But when it's all said and done, we've got to look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Because here's what the Word tells us. It says that it's in Him that we live, move, and have our very existence. Because he's the way maker. We see that in, 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 in Exodus chapter 14, verse 16. Look what the word says. Is it, is it, but lift up your rod. So Moses, this is Moses standing at the Red Sea. And he's praying to God and telling the people to move forward. They're standing at the Red Sea. And there is no, there's no, the bridge over the sea, over the Red Sea. There is no path through the Red Sea. And yet they're standing and says, move forward. He says, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. There was no opening in the sea when he said this. And he said, But I be ready to make a way. Yes. 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 Right in the middle of the sea. They'll go on dry land. If God is our way maker, then the one last thing I want to share with you today, then you must remember. That the Lord will make a way yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how He's gonna do it. I don't know when He's gonna do it, but I gotta be I have to believe as the songwriter wrote: the Lord will make a way somehow. And as that song began to resonate in my spirit, I came to share a couple verses with you. Just one verse, and I want to share the chorus with you. Here's what the words of the song says. It's, listen, it says, Like a ship that's tossed and driven, battered by the angry sea, when the storms of life are raging and the and their fury falls on me." Well, I said, I wonder what have I done, Lord? What do we do? What do we do to make this this, this problem all up? What, what do we do to cause such, such anguish in our lives? I wonder what have I done to make this race so hard to run? Then I say to my soul, "Take courage! Soul, take courage! Because the Lord will make a way somehow." Wait a minute, but you got to get to the chorus because here's what the chorus. Though this ship gets tossed by the latest statistic, by the latest news, the latest timeline, the next restriction, the next thing taken from us, I've got to know wait a minute, this ship has Jesus down on the inside, and then I've got Jesus on board. Somehow, he'll make a way. Now watch this. I want want to close with this. When they came and said, Jesus, do you care? What plans do you think that they had in mind? I'm sure because all of them had been on the the, the lake before and they'd been through a storm. They'd seen waves. They'd seen wind. They had no idea that Jesus' way that he was getting ready to make was to change nature. Because the Bible says that when he spoke, the wind stopped blowing. Notice now, they were sailing, so where they were it was windy. They only got around because the wind blew. But the Bible says the wind stopped blowing, and the sea was calm. Why? Because God had made the way. And while we're in the midst of all that's going on, we've got to be reminded the Lord will make a way somehow. And we can be assured of this because we got Jesus on board. Don't let gripping fear cause you to react irrationally where you didn't question whether God can do anything. Because the Bible lets us know that there's nothing too hard for God. And nothing shall be impossible him that believes. Amen. I pray that you, those that are watching on stream the stream today that you've been blessed, we're going to close with a prayer. If everyone here was stand, we're going to close with this prayer. It's a prayer of dismissal, but it's also a prayer of God's keeping and for His grace to go with us as we leave. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word and a reminder that when we have Jesus on board, that we don't have to be gripped with fear, That yes, we're going to be fearful. We're going to have things rise up in us that are going to cause us to be afraid. But God, we must then find our faith, even as Jesus asked the question, where is your faith? In the midst of this great tragedy in our world, it is our faith that we rely on. Our confidence and our assurance in your ability to do what seems to be impossible. Lord, the timelines that we hear, that finding out that there is no plan B, that the only plan we have at this point is plan A for distancing and, and washing of hands and caring for ourselves. But God, we're believing that even in the midst of this, that you are able to do the impossible. And we as believers, because we have Jesus on board, have his Holy Spirit dwelling in us, We can say with confidence, the Lord is our helper. And we will not fear. What can man do unto us? So now, Father, as we leave this place and as we end this broadcast, we just pray that you would bless us, encourage us, inspire us to continue to hold to the confidence and assurance we have in you. Father, when, when fear runs in and tries to take us hostage and grips us to the point and drags us into a place of feeling despair, may we be reminded of your love because you said perfect love casts out fear. So God, as we remind ourselves of your perfect love for your people, it helps to run out of the fear that we have. We thank you today for all that you've done all that you're doing right now for us and what you will do we love you and appreciate you. in jesus name amen now may the grace of our lord our savior jesus christ may his grace rest ruling about us both now and forever every heart that agrees say amen. Amen. amen god bless you god His grace we love you